so part of it is actually using our business background to then actually develop this business, but also really to be encouraging tourism to this area that's say not very well known, but actually offers, I think, a really different, lovely escape. As much as it seems like a bit of a hobby, it's not, it's a business. And you have to approach it with like a business. You have to get your communication strategy right. You have to be prepared to adapt your product depending on what your market needs and what your market wants. But you also have to remember that you've got customers at the end of it. Yeah, looking at probably less occupancy during the winter, but we're going to try and entice people with some speciality weekends. So we've got some big ideas for Halloween and Christmas and Valentine's and all of that. Hello and welcome to the Glampitech podcast. Glampitech's quite a young company, as you'll know, if you listen to the first episode that we ever did of this Glampitech podcast with Callum McLeod. Um, it was founded in 2019 and due to the nature of the glamping industry and how long it actually takes to get a glamping site off the ground, uh, that means that some of, our, uh, some of our early clients are actually only just starting to get through to the other side now of um, setting up sites and welcoming guests. One of those early clients is Marag Salabanks of Bravely Glamping, who we interviewed a few months back now um, and she at that time was getting ready to open but she wasn't quite there yet so now she is actually opened um, which is brilliant to see and a few of our clients are getting to that stage now then there are some clients who are a bit further back who have recently just had planning permission approved uh, one of those is our guest today uh, Debbie Cocaine who is the owner with her husband of Bankhouse Meadows in Norfolk They've just had their planning permission approved and they're moving forwards now looking at getting all the practical side of things sorted. And as anyone will tell you who's been through the planning permission process, uh, you learn a lot along the way. Um, and it's certainly not an easy process. And that's why we've brought on Debbie today to discuss uh, that process, uh, how she found it, uh, some of the things that she thought she did well, some of the things she wished she'd done differently and how we've helped her through it as well. And she's now really excited to get cracking onto the practical side of things with the site. And she's also really good to talk to, to just delve into her brain, really, because she's, she's, she's a businesswoman with, with her husband. She runs a business and she's applying a lot of those business principles to her glamping site or she's going to apply them to her glamping site. Uh, and I was really interested to hear how she's planning on doing that uh, and, and the sort of effect you think it will have on her site. And as, as we've spoken about on this podcast a few times, you have got to treat your glamping site like a business. It's not just a hobby unless you're incredibly rich. So I think there are a few nuggets that anyone can glean from today's episode if they're looking at setting up a glamping site. Um, it was it, Debbie's really interesting to talk to and she had a lot of interesting things to say. So hopefully you enjoy her story and find value in what she says. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Uh, so you're um, a, a previous client of ours. Um, you've got a proposed site called Bankhouse Meadows in uh, Norfolk. Um, can you just give us an introduction to your glamping idea and what stage of the process you're currently at? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we um, Bankhouse Meadows is going to be five shepherd's huts on a two acre meadow in the middle of the fence which is an area that not many people know about other than it being flat, which it is, um, but it's next to a non-navigable river and we've got the really big skies, which people talk about, about the fens. And unless you've been there, you don't really understand how big they are. You get, because it's so flat, you get a full 360 degree, not 360, <laughs> 180 degree view. Um, 
So, you know, you, you do really see the, the big skies and nature in full force. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to have the five shepherd huts. They should appeal to couples that are looking for a relaxing break. Also, people that are into nature photography, we get different species of birds and bugs and deer and all sorts that you might not find in other parts of the country. Um, and also we get a lot of fishermen. Um, so it might appeal to fishermen that are looking for a little bit of luxury rather than staying in their tent on the side of the river. Sounds lovely. And have you just had your planning permission application approved? Yeah, so we were approved in March. Um, so we're just now in the process of actually getting everything set up, getting all the utilities and everything and doing all the groundworks. Um, and we're hopefully going to be setting that off in a couple of weeks' time. And then the huts will actually be delivered, um, will start to be manufactured and then delivered in January so that we can be open for business in March, April next year. Right. And how did you find the planning process as a whole? Um, tricky, I think <laughs> I would say. There was, there was a lot more elements to it and it was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. We actually ended up with 32 different documents on the planning portal, um, which seemed to be quite a lot compared to other people. Um, and we obviously had delays due to COVID, but we got there in the end. Um, and it was looking back. Um, yes, it was it was difficult and a little bit delayed, but actually, I think worth it in the end. We've, we've got we've got what we wanted, which is the important thing. Yeah, it's not the first time we've heard that. I know planning can be like the most arduous thing in the world at times. Um, how did it feel when you actually got the confirmation that it was approved? Yeah, we, we were really pleased. I mean, I think we were every day waiting for it to come. Um, and yeah, we were we were delighted because it was that that was the go no go. I mean, mm. obviously, if we hadn't have had it. And actually, I think we got to the point where if it had been a no go, we probably would have just given up um, because we wouldn't have gone through an appeal process because it had taken so long to get there. So actually, it was just a big relief to know that we actually we've got something we can move ahead with. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I write a, a few pieces of content for Glamotech on the website and for brochures and things like that. And one thing I quite often say is the planning stage is literally where your glamping dream lives or dies like this. You can talk all about, you know, assessing feasibility and maybe getting your marketing right. And they're all really important. But I mean, it is literally the make or break uh, the planning stage. So obviously it's a huge relief when it does go through, even after, you know, pre protracted um, series of admin and bureaucracy. Um, so I believe you and your husband are in, in a, you've got a, a business background, really, um, more traditional business background. Um, so how did the idea come about to, to get into glamping? Yeah, so um, we run a, a healthcare communications business, Paid Medical, um, which we've been doing for nearly six years now. Um, and that business is really looks at um, events. So we've got a big background in running physical events. And part of what Andy was doing in that was running the logistics of that. So making sure people are in the right place at the right time. And we've got all of that, that sort of thing done. But then we also do um, online e-learning. Um, mm -hmm. And the area that we specialise is in infection, um, funnily enough. And actually what we wanted to do was we were ready to move house. We wanted to move somewhere where we actually had the opportunity to do something a little bit different. And we were in Ely, which is where the business is based, but we wanted to move out into the Fens because we know that it's a beautiful, beautiful landscape and not many people know about it. So part of it is actually using our business background 
to then actually develop this business, but also really to be encouraging tourism to this area that's say not very well known, but actually offers, I think, a really different, lovely escape. So that was the rationale for doing it. Yeah, that's interesting about how you say you're going to use your business background. Uh, obviously, the, the tourism, bringing tourism to the area as well is important. But in terms of using your big business background to um, to grow, well, to, to, to build another thriving business, really, is one thing I always say in these podcasts is, you know, a glamping site is a business. It's not just a, a passion project. Um, have you had any thoughts about how you're going to, you know, um, apply the skills that you've learned and picked up in your business career into the glamping? Yeah, I mean, one of the main things is is about research and about market research, because with us being a marketing and healthcare communications, it's all about what do people need? You know, that you may think you've got the best idea in the world and you may think that your product or yurt or hut or whatever it is, is the best thing. But actually, if people don't want what you're offering, then you're never going to succeed. So it's actually doing your research and finding out and being prepared to listen, I think, to what that research says there's no point in doing it if you're then just going to go blindly and say yes well I think it's different so you really have to do, listen to what the market actually wants and I think also as you said I think I totally agree with that as much as it seems like a bit of a hobby it's not it's a business and you have to approach it with like, like a business you have to get your communication strategy right you have to be prepared to adapt your product depending on what your market needs and what your market wants you also have to remember that you've got customers at the end of it and actually you live or die by your last review and I think that's even more important now you know I think we're all slaves to TripAdvisor um, but actually it's really important and we want to make sure that we get as many positive reviews as we can and it's it's really trying to do the best that we can for the guests when they arrive. Brilliant. Uh, and I'm not sure whether that question might blend into this one, actually, because I believe you were originally planning on having um, a site full of yurts rather than uh, shepherd huts. But I think this is from an article I read anyway. This could be completely incorrect for all I know. Um, but you um, went to the glamping show, which we're big fans of. We always have stores there. Um, and you decided to go ahead with shepherd huts instead of yurts. Is that, it was, what was the sort of rationale behind that decision? Yeah, so we... Um, it wasn't me actually it was Andy went off to the um, the glamping show last year we'd already bought the property we'd already got the land so that we knew that we were going to go down this route but we weren't quite sure on what our proposition was going to be so we were already um, developing our business plan um, and we were looking at what we were going to do so he went off to the glamping show but we really were thinking that we were going to do yes and probably just two um, and he rang me while he was there and he said, I've met this, um, this company, Black Sheep, Shepherd's Huts. They're based in Norfolk. They're not that far away from us and they're amazing. And they are, they offer everything and they really do give you that luxury experience, but also from a maintenance point of view, probably not as high maintenance as, as the yurts. Mm. They've got underfloor heating. They give us that year round opportunity. But also the main thing that sold me on it was the fact that we suddenly went, well, it's an obvious thing. You know, we've got sheep fields around us. It's that's the heritage that that's really that whole area is, you know, was known for sheep farming at one point. And actually literally across the river, we have currently a field full of sheep and their lambs. So it really does seem to be an obvious thing when we, we saw it. 
and also with it being a Norfolk manufacturer, we're staying local, we're actually using local suppliers. Everything just seemed to point that is the right direction. Yeah, I think we've got a, a relationship with uh, Black Sheep as well. I know uh, Callum knows them. I think he spoke to them at Glam Show a few times. Um, yeah. So uh, are you planning on opening year round or for a certain period? Because as you said, the, um, the Shepherd Huts do give you the flexibility to allow you to stay open year round if you like. Yeah, so we are going to go um, full year round. Um, yeah, looking at probably less occupancy during the winter, but we're going to try and entice people with some specialty weekends. So we've got some big ideas for Halloween and Christmas and Valentine's and all of that. But also, and if it is for the anglers on the river, um, or even we have different um, parties of people that just we can attract people year round because the accommodation certainly lends itself to that. Um, and you know, we can make it as comfortable as people as we can, um, as well as doing when we've got weather like this. Yeah, I'm intrigued by the Christmas and ha Halloween marketing side of things, because uh, that's one thing I've I've looked at in terms of how site owners can in increase their occupancy rates or in the quieter months. And uh, I'm intrigued by that, you know, how, how you're going to market that at Christmas and maybe turn it into a winter wonderland or something along those lines, you know? Well, that's that's the thing. And we, we've already, this even before, obviously we've opened, this last winter we took photos of the meadow and um, of the pumpkins. We have pumpkins in our gardens, we've got pumpkins over there. So we've got some pictures already to, so, to sort of entice people in for this year. But, um, but we can do different things. We intend to do little, little workshops, you know, pumpkin carving and all of that kind of thing. And then certainly for Christmas, like the whole winter wonderland, every um, plot will have its own mature tree. So we're going to, um, and big old um, like walnut trees and oak trees. So we're going to decorate those all up with lights and things during Christmas. So it should, should be quite spectacular. Moving on to the, you know, how the process has been um, throughout, you know, from, from idea to where you are now, what would you say has been the best part of the process so far? I would hope it's to come. <laughs> <laughs> nice answer. Um, I think it's always going to be sort of slightly nerve-wracking until we open. Um, and I am hoping that the first guests that we arrive into the huts, we welcome into the huts, that's going to be my best moment. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's, yeah, it's like, um, I know a lot of people, a lot of business people say that one of the best moments is when they get that first sale. So it's a, that's a bit like a delayed version of that, I suppose, when you can finally, you know, you've been building up and been really excited to welcome guests. And then when they finally get to stay and you get to hear that feedback, I imagine that'll be brilliant. Um, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the opposite, and I, I've got a feeling I know what this, what your answer to this might be. What's the worst stage of the process so far or the most taxing? I think just as we've said, it's, it's been the planning. Um, and I think the uncertainty in that I'd never been through a planning process before. So I wasn't sure what was going to be kicked up. We tried to preempt as much as possible. I did quite a lot of research on the planning portals for similar businesses so that I could see any objections that other things are thrown up. Yeah, just the uncertainty of the planning process and knowing what we needed to do and what was going to be thrown at us. So I would say that's probably the most difficult. Well, fingers crossed you're over the worst of it now. And now it's just... Uh plain sailing but I'm sure there might be a few difficulties thrown up at you along the way but hopefully it'll be worth it in the end um when you actually operate the site are you planning to to be involved with the day-to-day -day management or are you going to uh, hire people out to to look after the site or, or a mixture 
Yeah, so um, Andy's going to basically be general manager of the site, so he will be overseeing everything and welcoming all our guests as they arrive. Uh, but we are also going to be employing just part-time cleaner, uh, groundskeeper, and um, somebody to help out with the admin as well as we go forward. So, yeah, so it's going to be mainly overseen by us. I'm still running um, the, the day business. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully my involvement won't be too much other than the nice stuff. <laughs> uh, and Andy will be doing all the, the day-to-day management. Great. And what, what are you, uh, what's the next step? Now, now that you've got planning permission approved, what are you looking at doing um, next? So, so the next next step is getting all the groundworks and the utilities in place. So they that should be commencing, hopefully in the middle of August. We've got all of the everybody lined up because um, we are having you know, mains electric and water, and um, it's been navigating all of those to make sure everyone can do things together. But then digging all the trenches and the pipe work and the cabling and all of that, all of the. The essential but not particularly interesting stuff but that we need to get done and then um we're going to the glamping show again in september so um be a nice opportunity to see black sheep huts and just have a chat to them about our design and also just to meet some other suppliers as well just to see who else we can engage with as we're starting to then purchase all the other extra things that we're going to make the huts even better i might see you there as well um is it easter 2022 that you're looking at opening yeah, hopefully, I think we're going to do a sort of soft opening end of March, and then we'll look at the sort of welcoming first guests at Easter. Okay, and when can guests start to book, and what can they expect expect when they uh, when they get there? And so um, bookings are going to be open from September. Um, so we are um, we've created we've got a, a website which will be going live in the next few weeks we've also got an instagram account i can only credit my daughter for doing that because i know <laughs> nothing about instagram but she's been very good at getting that all set up and hopefully getting a little following going there um and what can people expect well we'd hope it's a luxury getaway with everything that couples really need all in one place so they've got the ensuite hut with cooking facilities they'll get a welcome hamper and fire pit for all those important barbecue under the stars each plot's going to be surrounded by hedging, so it's quite private, um, and it'll have its own mature tree and wildflower meadow. And we're also offering extras such as cooked breakfast, guided cycle tours, and even afternoon tea that's going to be set up on the bank overlooking the river. And we're also going to, as they say, we're offering speciality weekends, so lots to keep our guests busy, but hopefully very relaxed at the same time. I might, I might be ready in September to open the website and book myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So if there's uh, if there's one tip that you could give someone who's going to go down the same road as you and wants to set up a glamping site, um, what piece of advice would that be? I would say do your research. I think research your customers, research the market, research your competitors, um, and work with Glampitech <laughs> <laughs> because. I didn't know what to do. And when I have not known what to do in my business, I've always brought experts in that know what they're doing. And I can't have been more pleased with the service we've had from Glampitech because you are experts, you do know what you're doing and absolutely worth every penny. I'll send you the money in the post for that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Okay. And if, um, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and find out more about your site, how can they go about doing that? Yeah. So, so um, our website is Bankhouse Meadows. 
www.ecoscience.co.uk, very simple. Um, but if you do want to inquire now, uh, our, web, our email address is just bankhousemeadows at gmail.com and we'll come straight back to you. And so we are taking inquiries now and the website will be opening beginning of September. Okay, I'll have a look for your Instagram as well and I'll put that in the, um, in the comments of the, uh, sorry, in the description. Perfect. Super. Well, thank you for giving up your time, Debbie, and uh, best of luck with the, with the future of Bankhouse Meadows and I look forward to seeing it open. It's great. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Glamper Tech Podcast. I hope you enjoyed and that you found value in today's episode. If you did, feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts as it really helps us move up the podcast rankings. Thank you.